0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play and joining me on the show today, I should say, I am Ryan. We're we're all Ryan around here. I'm H. Um, and uh, joining me from a uh, new part of the country, uh, you you enjoyed a a guest on the show, Mr. Brian Edwards, last week, and now. Ryan Quintel is back and angry as hell.
1: <laughs> H, I feel like a lounge singer because away from, I don't have any of my desk and normal equipment, so I'm holding my microphone. Like I'm about to ask an audience member to answer a question or something. Uh, so you can imagine me perched up in this like bar stool chair in this tiny Airbnb kitchen talking into this microphone like I'm, yeah, I'm being interviewed on TRL or something.
0: That's pretty good. That's a nice, um, I mean, maybe if you break into song about halfway through the show, then we'll know that all the pressure got to you, you cracked, you forgot where you were. Yeah, that's
1: right yeah i feel like at any moment i could go all right Johnny, start on the three and a one and a two and then just nice jazz piano is gonna start um, putting itself together and it just might you never know yeah yeah that's the exciting part about this show it's always fresh it's always unexpected speaking of fresh
0: and unexpected let's do something entirely new and pitch some made-up video games
1: okay i love it that's a novel idea
0: yes So today I'm going to be going first, and what I'm bringing to the table is, um, competitive bartending. Um, I don't really know what I want this to be, whether it's VR, whether it's kind of like cook-serve-delicious, but let's highly incentivize speed, making the proper mixing of drinks more difficult to get just right. Um, I've always been interested in the kind of mixology, and it always, you know, looks like they're brewing alchemical, uh concoctions back there. And I've just been interested. I want to be a part of that world. So uh, let's go ahead and start the clock and see where we can take that.
1: So let's talk about the mechanics about brewing one of these cocktails. Do you imagine it's, uh, is this a little bit, not necessarily Octodad, but is it physics-y with the shaking and the like dramatically pouring? Or are you imagining this is a little bit more sim, a little bit science-y?
0: I mean, a bit of both. Um, I think there's there's inherently physics involved in the sciencey chemical reactions of uh of bartending. Um I want something that that gives that gives you the feel of actually like making the drinks and all the kind of technique that comes with that.
1: Uh, one of my favorite activities that I see in kind of cocktail making is muddling and the use of like a mortar and pestle, I believe I think that's how you call it. mortar and pestle. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's either a tea that's pronounced (laughs) there isn't but i love the idea of having this maybe feel a lot like mini games but mini games with you know intent to them and a a feeling of like additive accomplishment rather than just like oh you correctly muddled the mint or whatever
0: (laughs) the uh the the mint muddler is what i always uh order when i go to a bar
1: right (laughs) go give me that uh mojito so, do you
0: um do you play a lot of these cooking style games other than Overcooked, which is a Stone Cold classic that everyone enjoys?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think about if I have played other cooking games. I haven't played Cooking Mama, which I'm I mm. hear is good, but I don't know. I played a bit of
0: Cook Serve Delicious too a uh, couple weeks back, and it's it's a pretty simple game. I mean. It's a very complex game, but it has a very simple premise, really easy to kind of get into. Uh, You play almost like the role of a sous chef that's overseeing a kitchen, and you have to kind of combine the ingredients to push out the right orders. It's like overcooked without all the running around.
1: I'm trying to think of like... Do you expect the management of multiple cocktail orders coming in and doing a lot of queue management or would you rather this be, I mean, it doesn't have to be a busy bar necessarily, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think if we make this or if we're at least kind of focusing on a mode that is multiplayer and competitive, then, um, that gives us, you know, we don't necessarily have to think about the the goal is just kind of to mix drinks faster and better than your opponent rather than trying to necessarily manage a queue. The queues could be endless as far as I'm concerned.
1: So drinks are coming in. I'm trying to think about like all the different things that separate these cocktails. You know, there's, I think pouring would have to be a really important mm-hmm. delicate, maybe like a, if it's a controller, it's a dual joystick sort of motion. Because you have some cocktails that require that really delicate pour to sit on top of layers. And I also like the idea of really going full craft cocktail bar on this. Imagine, you know, uh, 11 p.m. in Brooklyn, a place that's going to put, I don't know, charcoal or something in your drink, that (laughs) you have like the ability to carve out um, like uh, cubes and spheres of ice. Um, and do really dramatic ice Mm. things, you know, like a real, just even somebody wants a, you know, whiskey neat or something, but then the, the getting that drink right requires you to have like a perfect sphere of ice or a perfect cube of it. So all of these
0: things take time. Uh, if time is going to be one of the things that people are scored on, how do we incentivize kind of making it fancy, putting that extra Flare into it, um because you know we don't want them just kind of like really quickly just pouring a bunch of Budweisers and calling it a day
1: right, yeah, that's a good question. So you know, I think even like basic beers, maybe you're not allowed to serve a Budweiser or something, right? Like even a very basic beer, if you're trying to deliver drinks, there's like a blue moon, for example, that's traditionally served with like a slice of orange, uh, and the orange has to be mm-hmm. balanced on the rim of the glass, so I think you have the opportunity to take even the most mundane stuff and just have, you know, either be asked to or forced to remember those details and be able to execute on them uh, quickly. Or maybe you have a menu on the wall. Like If this is in VR,
0: then you have like a menu that's a little bit off to the side. And so all the time that you spend kind of referencing the menu and all the ingredients you're looking away from the uh, drink that you're supposed to be mixing.
1: Yeah, and I like the idea of, like, you can have cocktails that you set on fire or something, and uh, if you have a burning cocktail, then that has to be served up to the customer in a specific amount of time. I had a drink recently at a restaurant uh, where—it's actually a little bit strange thinking about it, but they took a—what's the word I'm looking for? Not a twig of rosemary, but a sprig, maybe a sprig of rosemary, and they— actually like chart it. They burnt it a little bit over the flame. So it had a really nice smell to it. And maybe each of the, the cocktails that you're sending out, just get these little mini scores, almost like the end of a little fight sequence in Bayonetta or something where you get like visual presentation, taste, uh, you know, aromas, potentially one of them, and that all like averages out to a customer enjoyment score. And so you're like putting out these cocktails and each one is is frantic, like a little mini battle. And then you're getting those sort of, you know, S pluses at the end of it. So you've got the
0: basic ingredients, you've got the different
1: types of alcohols. Um, maybe you can spend
0: time kind of arranging your own your own kitchen, not really a kitchen, your own bar. And so you kind of know where everything is where you can really quickly access and grab everything. Maybe sometimes you're filling in for somebody else's shift and, uh, you know, you're in an unfamiliar layout, but everything is still there. You just need to kind of like get used to the space. Um, I love the, uh, other aspects of bartending, the, um, putting the glass, uh, getting the, the rim salted, uh, or, adding some sugar to the rim like that. Um, like you said, the, uh, orange peel that you can kind of wisp into a drink.
1: Yeah. And I think there's even like knowing your glassware, right? Yeah. So maybe you have to also
0: kind of, I, I want this to be educational as well. You know, I've always wanted to learn about bartending, but it always feels like a little bit more trouble than I am, uh, really that eager to get into. <laughs> yeah, um, not trouble, but you know, it's, it's like, I don't even know where I would go to learn about bartending, but, uh, maybe you have to kind of, as people order food, you have to suggest the appropriate drinks to go with it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that. And maybe for the first couple levels or something, you're the bartender in training. And so mm-hmm. you actually get the older, uh, more seasoned, the retiring pro bartender, uh, and she's like guiding you through and she's showing you how to make all these drinks and she's able to sort of recommend, she's like, Hey kid, when somebody orders the fish, like you should try and sell them this and that. Um, And you get a little bit of that, that sort of mentorship. So, and, and then like she leaves and maybe the circumstances are kind of sudden and you feel sort of thrown to the wolves of like, Oh, what did she say? Like, am I remembering that correctly? And mm. you have those sort of, you know, those are kind of real fears and doubts that happen when you're when you actually study under a person and they have to leave for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think we've uh, we've hit the time limit there. Um, let's close that down and come up with a name for this competitive bartending simulation.
1: Bar back is a great term. I've always loved. I don't know if there's something bar back to back. <laughs> I was waiting for that classic playwright pun to come <laughs> into. Bar back to back, um, bar back to the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe because you're an apprentice of sorts, are you bar backup? Bar backup. That, that's, that's pretty
0: fun. Yeah. Let's go with that. Bar backup then. I don't even know what a bar back is. What does the, what does that term mean? I
1: think it just means, uh, I think it's just a bartender. Okay. <laughs> I'm just picturing in my head right now, like an old movie. Hey, bar back, get me a uh, tequila on the rocks.
0: Cool. So, um, yeah, that is mine for today. Q, what are you bringing us?
1: So my game for you today uh, came in hot and heavy. I only had this idea late today. I'm really fascinated with, it seems like years ago, we were promised the the concept of Amazon delivering all of our packages with drones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does not seem promised to be... Promised or threatened. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of both, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, we're going to send drones to your house. Um, <laughs> that future has not necessarily come true, but I thought it would make a good video game and also train us, uh, all of us humans here for our eventual professions, which will be piloting drones for Amazon. <laughs> so a game where you play as a drone and maybe Death Stranding style, you have mm-hmm. to... Uh, load up packages and have them in the right arrangement for flight balance and all that stuff. But the flight of the drone is a little bit more, let's say we're in a green future, it's a little bit more like the Anthem jetpack in it, that you have to sort of hit uh, winds and maybe land in different areas to solar charge your battery back up so you can take off again. So you're doing sort of cruising around a neighborhood from a big distribution center delivering people's packages that's the pitch interesting we'll
0: go ahead and start the clock then i do like is this so death stranding is very much um (laughs) i want to say kind of natural environments and stuff like that are you a drone flying over these kind of mountainous landscapes or are you in the middle of a city or is there a mixture of both
1: i don't know why but for whatever reason in my mind this game almost looks like uh the game that you actually told me about last week, The Stretchers. And I think it could take that sort of cartoonish, sillier bent to it if you wanted to go more on the comedy side of the delivery and the, mm-hmm. the mishaps and having like squirrels and birds be real, uh, <laughs> real things to thwart you in your path. But I love the idea of a very naturalistic, almost flight simulator, but for drone deliveries.
0: You say the stretchers it's a very silly game and then flight simulator is about as grounded as it can get. So right. like what level of of realistic versus silly are we looking to
1: what kind of experience are we looking to give people? Well, I think if you went <sighs> super realistic on this that it might like and rightfully so feel a little bit boring. So I think we should kind of split the difference and maybe head in a stylized type of direction where you can imbue, uh, things like tree climbing squirrels and, uh, you know, high flying birds, uh, with a sense of, uh, personality and potentially, um, not nihilism, but, uh, <laughs> malevolence, <laughs> uh, maleficence, uh, to your, your presence. So things don't want you, you know, you are unnatural in a place of natural things So everything down from when you land, the threat of uh, dogs or cats that want to chase you. Um, So you're very strategically trying to find landing zones to recharge your batteries. Maybe you even need to recharge Mm. near power lines or something like that. And you have kind of a wireless charge. That would be a
0: funny twist on this is that you... um... You're able to land on anything electric and suck the power out of it. And so you can not only use that to recharge your own battery, but also to potentially oh. like solve puzzles, like disarming security systems. Or if there's somebody who's, you know, who you know, is going to chase you down, like yeah. sucking all the power out of their car before they see oh. you.
1: <laughs> For whatever reason, I thought you were going to say brain. And I was like, this is very Doctor Who at this point. Or
0: your uh, <laughs> defibrillator.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Grandpa. Yeah or uh sucking the sucking the power out of like an alarm uh to or a siren yeah. to stop attracting things to your location. Yeah, that's funny. And so like naturalistic things in this world, animals and you know, kids who are just playing around. Maybe their kids are piloting their own little toy drones or something that can mess you up too. That's kind of fun. And
0: maybe there's a uh, competing delivery services. And you have to uh, become more like a combat drone and take those down.
1: Oh, that would be cool. So if you can shoot down a <laughs> or or somehow disable uh, mm-hmm. a competing drone, if you can catch its packages before they hit the ground, <laughs> then you can also make their delivery for bonus points.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> I'm liking this. So, um, have you been playing Death Stranding?
1: I have, you know, I don't, I don't have my PS4, so, uh, I haven't touched it. I'm just fascinated by
0: it. Yeah, I have not either, so I can't offer any more insights on that, but, uh, if you knew... Any other kind of aspects of Death Stranding that would be kind of surprising and fun to implement in here? I know there's a lot of uh, asynchronous multiplayer type stuff where you're building bridges and ladder ladders that people yeah. can find and, and utilize themselves. I don't know if there's anything that these drones really need.
1: You know, I think one thing that could be interesting is if you have, imagine if you had this drone as a... I don't know if asynchronous multiplayer is the right sort of concept here but as a weird multiplayer layer on top of the Sims so people who are <laughs> building houses and stuff and you don't you don't quite know where their doors are going to be but they have to specify where they want packages delivered. Maybe there's a way to look at the package to see, or you have to fly so close to a house and hover to find the little note that's like, use other door or ring doorbell and that sort of thing. And you extend your little R2-D2 arm and, and actually alert the people. Another fun kind of multiplayer component
0: onto this would be if everybody's drones were just on one map, And so you almost have like a battle royale type thing, but you're also, I mean, maybe this could be a separate mode. You have your single player and then you've got this like massively multiplayer drone delivery service. And so whether you choose to play nicely or shoot down other drones that you see, or even as you are landing on objects and stealing the electricity, those objects are now discharged and uh, other drones aren't able to land on them and get electricity for themselves. So, you know, it's part of this kind of like tragedy of the commons scenario.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even if it was as simple as everybody just having to go pick up packages and make deliveries, if the, I think if a round was short enough and frantic enough, I think that alone could be a fun multiplayer experience. Mm -hmm. But you just made me think of... The idea of roaming around discharging things kind of takes me in the direction of, oh my gosh, having some aspect to, I'm trying to think about how to, how to morph this. So one thing that delivery services do now is they take a picture of your house with the package at it. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think you could have a whole. Oh, um, that's interesting as well. Yeah. yeah, A whole like proof system that you delivered it. So you mm-hmm. have to sort of turn in photos and stuff at the end of your deliveries to, to prove that you actually did that. Of course, it's certainly more for a human system, right? Like a drone shows a GPS tracker of like, yes, it definitely went to this house and dropped off the stuff. But yeah, maybe you, you still add in that human element. And of course people would really be positioning themselves well to get a great photo, like photo must contain the whole door. And so that's like a secondary puzzle. Once you drop off the package.
0: Or maybe, I mean, you're, you're trying to be quick. And so if you drop it anywhere on somebody's property, then you get some points for it, but you do have to get that photo. So if you drop it, like if you're just like flinging it and it falls into like somebody's bush or window or something like that, then you have to like get a picture of you get a little corner in the picture and that's good enough to count, but you know, you get a poor score on it.
1: Oh, I love the idea of you just dropping off packages and it's customer photos that like get sent back to the company. And so when you're done your spate of deliveries, you get a bunch of photos from the virtual customers (laughs) as to where you dropped it. And uh, if you really put people under a time crunch... You could do stuff where like the higher you drop the package, maybe the more messed up the boxes or you, <laughs> you want to give such a short period of time that you really are, you know, pants on fire to drop off one of these mm. boxes. So they end up in kind of funny looking places, potentially Oh, like, oops, that went into that guy's pool. It was not expected.
0: <laughs> Bounced into a guy's toilet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Knocking open the door of an outhouse. That's a great idea
0: so i i, I always like games that have this kind of like three-dimensional flying around type of mechanic uh, whether it's piloting a ufo or uh, i mean drones are you know they can hover in place they've got kind of everything that you need to make for a really pleasing flight experience um let it be, you let can it even be work known. in some Playwright motion controls right into
1: drones it. pleasing <laughs> uh i'm sorry you're saying
0: no you can even uh work in some motion controls into it uh You know, I think there's just something kind of inherently fun about that kind of complete 360 degree freedom of of movement.
1: Yeah, and I think the game would be fun flat, or you could do a campaign mode where you can slowly upgrade little parts of your drone and get into almost that sort of armored (laughs) core-esque level of, uh, you know, painting the drone and customizing. And maybe you even play a drone pilot that works in the fulfillment center, so you have that... uh, weird strange ubisoft uh layer of in between weird narrative uh interstitials where you're walking around this fulfillment center and it's commentary on the weird dystopian state of our economy
0: you know how drones have those four engines those four fans that kind of hold it yeah. in. The- what if um what if they were very expensive and so to keep up with things they they make you significantly faster and better flying But, you know, they're so expensive that you can like you can wait until you can afford all four of them. Or as you're trying to keep up with uh, Jeffersons, you know, you buy one at a time and then all of (laughs) a sudden you've got one corner that's very powerful and you kind of have to balance like the awkward flying mechanic.
1: Yeah. Well, from what I understand, cue two people who haven't played Death Stranding talking about Death Stranding. From what I understand in Death Stranding, there's something where you have to hold the left and right triggers to sort of balance the mm-hmm. character at all times and i even though i think that's probably too far on the end of strange for this kind of game i do think making it almost you know recreate that feeling you had playing like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts where you're like i'm not quite sure how this thing's going to fly but i know it will fly and it'll it'll get there and you can keep repeating and trying to beat your old times based on the upgrade parts
0: yeah absolutely uh, we're out of time. Let's uh, let's come up with a name for this one.
1: Um, I wrote down a fake name of the company, um, which is potentially Redwoods.com. Why that? Well, it's just a different forest than the Amazon. Oh, that's true. I get it. <laughs> um, are there? Uh, there's got to be better forests than that, though. <laughs> Yellowstone.
0: Yellowstone. If I if I just saw a it's game dark. called Yellowstone, though. I don't know if I would be expecting a drone delivery game. It sounds
1: like a Minecraft sequel. What if it was just called, like, Quadcopter?
0: Quadcopter. If we found, like, a funny way to spell it, maybe if we just left out the E, like it was an old app or something like that. Quadcopter. Which is funny because, like, the old apps left out letters so that they could be, like, short and fit in the description of (laughs) of an iPhone icon. And for it to have a really long name anyways kind of defeats the purpose.
1: What else could it do? Is there something about... Should we call it like droning on? I was thinking about that actually. <laughs> Drone on is pretty good because you have to charge the thing and keep it kind of alive.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. Drone on. Can even be the command that your uh, character gives at the beginning of every <laughs> level. Drone on. Yeah. This is very uh,
1: 1992 of a uh, sort of Power Rangers type of <laughs> aesthetic. Alright,
0: let's move on to our community pitch. This one came from Twitter, actually. It was tweeted at me in particular, so they get the special treatment. (laughs) This comes from Scott Burrows, who says, Well, basically, we were talking about Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, We both uh, expressed dissatisfaction at one of the bosses and decided to come up with a way to make it a little bit better. So, let's replace the entire uh, maintenance floor and uh, come up with something funny that a maintenance floor in a Luigi's Mansion hotel and an associated boss fight could do. So uh, I'll go ahead and start the clock with a very open-ended pitch.
1: Have you played Luigi's Mansion 3 yet? Uh, I played a bunch of it. I don't know how far I am. I just beat the Plant level or okay, plant yeah. stage, so maybe not that far. But tell me about the maintenance level and what what it's like now. I don't want to spoil it, but um, there's, uh,
0: I mean. Really, maybe even going into it fresh is the best way to do it. Okay. All right.
1: Well, (laughs) you know, you you kind of
0: have the general gist of how things work in Luigi's Mansion. Every uh, floor is kind of a standalone puzzle, and you're uh, using these thematic elements to kind of like come up with creative puzzles and solutions and stuff that lead you eventually to a boss at the end that has uh, that plays into the theme.
1: Okay. So, one of the things I think would be really cool in a maintenance level is dealing with a lot of the kind of spooky scary underbelly of a hotel like not only like laundry shoots and stuff falling like almost in that uh, very first place that you land um, mm-hmm. once you fall down I, it's we don't I haven't seen anything like that yet again in the game and I like the idea of people or the ghosts constantly discarding all the junk that's around the hotel and pieces are falling constantly so you get like waterfalls of physics-y junk to pull stuff from so it's kind of like the uh the trash bins then with, with that you could have there's like parts of that level that explore the, do you know those like i'm trying to think of an example of it but there's the big yellow tubes with sort of wire rims that keep them open. yeah 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 that people throw like garbage down or whatever Mm-hmm. I feel like something could be done with that and like obfuscating enemies in it and or, and like chasing enemies through it.
0: Yeah, almost like a um like a gerbil maze, you know, those those tubes that rodents like to run through.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could have like de loops and and so like an interconnecting tube system.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I think that's that's clever. That could be done. So so yeah, let's let's say we want to base this whole floor around garbage of different kinds. Maybe there's a trash compactor, you know, typical Star Wars fashion. Maybe there's an incinerator even, um, and that can... Uh, maybe the incinerator is possessed by a ghost. That could even uh, be the, the boss at the end. You know, that kind of Toy Story 3 moment of trying to uh, avoid being uh, burned alive.
1: I also like the idea of, in this, because trash is falling, maybe you have ghosts like one of the first ghosts has uh, a suitcase kind of swallowed and suspended in her Mm -hmm. ghosts that maybe have trash maybe some trash that like gets your luigi vacuum stuck for a second there's not a lot of like getting your actually like malfunctioning your vacuum or like worrying about hat how you're going to approach an enemy or may, even maybe enemies covered in like dirty tablecloth so they have like the classic ghost appearance right and you have <laughs> to like suck them up twice first to like rip off the tablecloth and then they run away again and you got to got to catch up to them
0: right um i was thinking if there's anything to like discarded electronics producing like electrical ghosts like discarded batteries making acidic
1: ghosts. I don't know. Maybe you could do something where you pick up, uh, you can suck up a radio or something like that. In And like the uh, chainsaw or the bandsaw. So when you hold mm-hmm. it, you actually have to listen for an audio signal that a ghost creates. So the ghosts are essentially invisible until they get close enough to the radio, in which case like the audio feedback flashes them into physical being.
0: It's so kind of like a silent hill game.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Luigi's mentioned is silent hill in many ways. What do you think about
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this kind of electrical interference. Um, I, I also like in, uh, in dumps, you get these big kind of magnetic arms that, move cars around and move metal objects and stuff like that there is uh, i think there's fun to be had with those
1: i'm trying to think if there's also like all the mechanics that happen around trash like trash bags and maybe there's some sort of smell management maybe you can like there's like stink and you can blow around the stink to sort of manipulate <laughs> things or or ooh or to uh to like wilt plants into, you know, sort of ruin clean things that expose little hints as to where to go or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can uh, take a page from Super Mario
0: Sunshine and and make this floor more about kind of getting things clean and tidy again. You're washing off some of the gunk.
1: What would the boss of this thing be?
0: I think there's a uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun things you could do. I mean, just kind of. There was a game that I played on uh, Apple Arcade. Uh, mm, uh, things that go bump, I think it was called. And basically it's like a multiplayer ghost trick in a way, where you are a ghost <clears throat> that can kind of fly uh, freely fly around in this uh, 2d setup in very mundane places. So it could be like a bathroom or a uh, junk drawer or something like that. And basically you can possess any of the objects in that environment. And uh, it's up to you to basically possess, there's various different like types and genres of, of objects. Like some of them just, some of them become legs, like springs or wheels. Some of them become bodies. Some of them become weapons, like scissors and knives and stuff like that. Oh. And then some become heads and they'll give you like, you you can have one of each at a time. Um, you don't need to have all of them, but uh, and then you just go around and you fight other, you know, possessed stacks of objects with um, these, these, kind of random bodies that you've created. So, I think it'd be fun to have a Luigi's Mansion boss that is always kind of like changing form and just making its own body out of things that are in this uh that have been thrown away.
1: Oh, you could set the whole boss battle in like a Star Wars-esque garbage compactor. Mm-hmm. So, there's always sort of new garbage falling <laughs> and as you go through a round of fighting the ghost you know maybe the room is even like getting smaller and smaller so their their aoe attacks and stuff become much more devastating because you have less space to run away from them
0: yeah yeah you um yeah that time pressure
1: there inherently i like the idea of the boss potentially being the janitor of the whole hotel And maybe maybe that's what what it is in the real game. But if you did a janitor boss, I would love some mechanic where you are either trying to add to or steal keys one at a time from that giant sort of janitor key ring that janitors always seem to have, right? So I don't know if there's something where, like, you have to uh, sort of suck up the janitor or, like, shoot garbage and stun it in some way and then get a hold of one of these keys to unlock something and you know only by unlocking four things does it like shut down the garbage compactor and the ghost like withers away
0: hmm. maybe you're uh maybe there's something that uh, a big lock that you need to unlock and so any of these keys could be the one that unlocks it and you just need to kind of like pick and choose but there's no way of knowing it's kind of a luck thing i guess that's not that Fair or fun? But. <laughs>
1: well, it's a Nintendo game, so the last key will be the one that opens it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. But you um, got to try them all. You'll
1: have to do something where you have to at least attempt them yeah. all. It could be yeah. maybe like actually attempting a lock is what stuns the ghost for you to do, like damage to it.
0: Yeah, we're out of time. Uh, let's wrap it up. I I guess we don't have to come up with a name, but this... I guess we can name the <laughs> name the boss.
1: Uh, I was I was gonna say we could uh call it uh, what B one or something like that. <laughs> what would be um, B two?
0: I guess because uh, B one is where uh EGAD's lab is.
1: Oh, okay. So B two. Uh, what is what's a good janitor name? Uh,
0: I I mean I don't want to like put something forward because then it's like oh so all. All Polish names are associated <laughs> with janitors,
1: too. Right, is that yeah, what you're, you're right. saying? I shouldn't have framed it as what is a good uh, janitor name. I'm I'm trying to look at names of these bosses right now. There's DJ Phantasmagloria. There's... What are some of the other bosses' names? Hard to find proper nouns. Magic Trio, Nikki, Lindsay, and Ginny? This might not even be. Specter, right. Ash.
0: Uh, it doesn't really... Hmm.
1: ghost ghoul I'm trying to think maybe of a word for a ghost that sounds like a cleaning product yeah phantom
0: screechy clean
1: oh that's pretty good
0: it's more uh, more scary than squeaky
1: is there scrubbing scrubbing bubbles boobles uh. <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> boobles the janitor is not a bad terrible <laughs>
0: Uh I got picked on a lot in school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um what did you say you said screechy?
0: Screechy clean. Um
1: Oh, what about Mr. Scream?
0: <laughs> Mr. Scream. I like it.
1: <laughs> He's bald, he wears a white t-shirt. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's good. I think that works out. So that's Luigi's Mansion 3. Mr. <laughs> Scream. All right, um, that was submitted by Scott Burrows, who tweeted me at insert coins. You can also tweet at playwright. Uh, nope, that's I guess he did tweet at playwright. That was uh that is somebody else. That is a uh Tanya Tyler, a happily retired playwright, poet, and singer. Uh, interesting. All right. Um oh. you can tweet at playwright cast. You can go to our website, playwrightcast at gmail.com or you
1: can email us, playwrightcast at gmail.com. Or you can come to my undisclosed Airbnb location and shout it through a window. I promise not to be startled.
0: Any Airbnb in uh, Colorado, we'll, we'll narrow it down that much, and then <laughs> yeah. we'll let that's, you know when we hear it.
1: That's right, and I will hear it. Uh, special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. It's a really good album. Go listen to all the Protodome stuff on Bandcamp. And while you're listening to that music, go check out the Kane and Rinse Network with shows like Cane and Rinse, Sound of Play, Sausage Factory, The Sausage Factory. It's not the Facebook. Lose the the. Um, <laughs> and, you know, go check out the website. There's a ton of stuff on there, and it's getting better all the time. In fact, the the whole site itself just got a, a kind of a little bit of a facelift did it not um i know that we've been dealing with some browser
0: certain browsers have been giving like unsecured content errors so got maybe it. in clearing some of that up uh jay made some more kind of behind the scenes changes well
1: can- dot has got that great https beautiful secure connection your internet's gonna <laughs> love it go to the website hey sponsor them on patreon you know the end of the year is coming. There's a ton of content coming your way and uh, mm-hmm. we're all participating. It's going to be really fun.
0: All right. Now take us out of the show. I'm going to deliver a miniature pitch this week. How about a game where you play as a first person view of a hammer trying to hit all the nails correctly?
1: Oh my God. <laughs> That's just <stressed> me. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> all
0: right. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye we <laughs>